716, 16 minutes after 7 o'clock. We have been waiting and anticipating, and the moment is here. Gene Valentino is near. Good morning. <laughs> Come into the studio, sir. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Beat me down, Scotty. Uh, that, there we're you arriving go. At, we're arriving at Michael Pohl, Ted Tibbetts. Mission Control. There you go. We're, we're here and we're live and we appreciate you joining us this early in the morning. I know you don't really like to get up this early and you don't really have to. So we, we thank you for that. But, you know, last night I asked you, uh, I asked you to take a look at President Biden's uh, speech to the joint session of Congress last night and uh, get your take on this stuff. Now, of course, I've got my own take, but, uh, but I'd like to see what you have to say. First of all, you know, well, there's several things. I guess we could give an overview here. First is green jobs. Then is American Families Plan. Uh, what they're going to do to to raise money? They're going to tax the wealthy and corporate America. But you know, I think one of the biggest things that was missed here was immigration. I mean, immigration is something that, that's got to be like to me. That's the biggest issue in our country today. And he didn't say much about that. And what he did say, I didn't like. But we'll start out, and we'll organize this in a way that everybody can sort of follow along. Let's talk about green new jobs, uh, Gene, and let me play you a cut of what the president had to say just to get it started. Here we go. For me, when I think climate change, I think jobs. Think about it. There is simply no reason why the blades for wind turbines can't be built in Pittsburgh instead of Beijing. The American Jobs Plan is going to create millions of good-paying jobs, jobs Americans can raise a family on. So, Gene, uh, millions of jobs for the Green New Deal. What say you about that? Well, <clears throat> thanks for having me on again, Michael. Uh, the question is, do you believe it? Do you believe <laughs> that the uh, transition or trans transformation of technology and uh, uh, in, the, in the flip of a switch is going to be as good or better than what we have now? Do we suggest that we go to a technology um, that is older and archaic uh, just to keep jobs? No, I'm not saying that. But you don't transition to the flip of a switch. You do it in a gradual way <clears throat> if there's logic and if there's some economic justification to it. But it should be based on an economic incentive and an economic motivation, not a uh, woke policy from a a heavy hand of government control. It's not the spirit of grassroots uh, Americana that we've been born and raised with. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, we talked earlier, Ted and I did, about, you know, how do you take a guy who's a welder, who's a fabricator maybe out at the shipyard, uh, who works in refineries and offshore, how do you take that guy who's been doing one skill all of his life, and very good at it, by the way, and move him into a green job. I mean, I don't know how that works. Well, I know some plumbers, rags to riches stories, that are doing pretty well. In fact, uh, pretty well-educated doctors rent from plumbers their buildings. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> uh, I don't know um, how quickly, like I said to my earlier point, we need to transition from one concept to another. Specifically to your point, I just don't believe President Biden when he says that the elimination of energy jobs to building windmills in the United States is a direct um, solution that will have no negative impact. I just don't believe it. And it and it can't happen quickly is what you're saying. 
you've got a capital cost that isn't even being considered. Oh, I hope we come back to that point soon about capital and how we fund this stuff. Yeah, you're right. All right, so the next... The next subject is, of course, the American Families Plan. That was the centerpiece last night of his discussion, to, uh, his speech to the joint session of Congress. Let's play a cut of that, and we'll get your take on that. We also need to make a once-in-a-generation investment in our families and our children. That's why I've introduced the American Families Plan tonight, which addresses four of the biggest challenges facing American families and in turn America. So the, 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 the American Families Plan, supposedly an investment, a one-time uh, generational investment in the families. I, I don't even know what that means. The investment in the family that he's talking about is more government handout. The people don't want it coming out of the pockets of the government. The people resist staying home to take a check. That's not an investment. That's government allocation. That's not an investment. When we talked about the government investing, it was the last time I remember it done in the spirit, in that spirit, was with Lee Iacocca uh, being helped with um, Chrysler years ago. It was a bailout, but Lee Iacocca paid the federal government back. In this case, the investment that government would make has no measures of how the government's going to get its money back. You know, you talk, you use the word investment. If you use the word investment, don't you say in your mind, well, how am I going to get my money back and make a gain? Exactly. The they, when the federal government says that, they don't think in those terms. They think in spending. And the problem is, is that spending has to be paid for. And the problem is their tax upon 1% of the richest people over $400,000 a year the math doesn't work. Taxing the top 1%, not to mention the capital gains tax that he's talking about, is not enough money to pay the 3 to $6 trillion of investment he alleges he wants to put out there now. Yeah, It's, it's reckless, and it drives to a bigger point, Michael. We need another constitutional amendment now that forces the federal government to balance its checkbook every year. The federal government must balance its budget, create a, bal- a budget and balance it, just like the states do, just like the counties do, just like the cities and towns do. If you can't justify it through the existing tax roll, you don't spend it and you don't tax for it. Exactly. Now, now one question about this American Families Plan and all the money that we have discussed that they're going to be doling out from here, from there, uh, to different individuals and companies and what have you across it. But is this sort of a part of that new, what I call, or what they call, this is their word, not mine, universal basic income? That is that where we're headed with this? It neutralizes individual entrepreneurship and, and um, uh, quashes the spirit of competitiveness and individual opportunity because it's controlled from a government spending source at the top, not the grassroots in the street like you and me and the neighbors listening to your show. It, 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 it kills that spirit. Yeah. Uh, you're exactly right. And so is that what they're trying? I guess it, that's what they're trying to do because, you know, Gene, because, I just... Because they want to hold on to control. 
That's that's all it is. It's- need to maintain control at all expense. And one of the ways they're doing it, you saw last night on this pathetic uh, uh, speech before Congress, where they're, they're all um, little man Fauci, uh, who came up with this um, uh, rule one week that if you're vaccinated, you're definitely um, no need to wear a mask. Well, if their guru, Anthony Fauci, said so, what the heck were they doing wearing masks like a bunch of controlled sheepish puppets uh, running around with their distancing? My words, they ought to go down to the border and see how they're packed in like sardines in a sardine can, and no one's paying attention to that distancing and masking. Yeah. Here no, no the, you've got the United States Congress with all with vaccinations and they don't need to wear a mask anymore when are we going to strip ourselves of these controls and be free you know you're exactly right and i've talked about this this morning already we we discussed the fact ted and i did that hey either either you believe that the vaccine works or you don't and if you don't you would wear a mask so what they're saying to us by wearing these masks is that they don't think the vaccine works Biden just said you don't have to wear the mask anymore if you've got the vaccine, mimicking what Fauci said. And how does he appear? He walked walked onto the podium like a robot last night wearing the damn mask. <laughs> now, what is the what? You're confusing the American people, for God's sake. This is not fair. To, <clears throat> excuse me, not fair to the American people. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so so you sort of touched on this last subject that I wanted to get to other than immigration, which I do want to try to get to the, the wealthy and and them paying their fair share, which is so ridiculous. But here's the cut. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than four hundred thousand dollars. But it's time for corporate America. And the wealthiest 1% of Americans have just begun to pay their fair share. You know, Gene, I always think about this when somebody says we're not going to tax anybody uh, 400000 or less. I always think about this. Have you ever, you ever remember seeing, like, uh, some politician says, you know, I have all the faith in the world in that guy that works for me. Uh, there's no issue going on there. And then a week later, he's fired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is what we're doing here. Well, do you really believe, back to my earlier point with you, that taxing the top 1% is going to be enough money, uh, even if you double the taxes. Do you think you're going to, from 1% of the nation's population, uh, over $400,000 a year in income, do you really believe you're going to, if you double the taxes, you're going to have enough revenue coming into the coffers to pay for trillions of dollars of this reckless spending? They don't connect. And furthermore, back to the grassroots level, how about... Let me pick on you a little for a second. How about your radio station and your wonderful team of people? If your taxes double, are you going to be able to hire new people? No, and, uh, you know, we may not be able to survive if our taxes doubled. Well, there you go. That's my whole point, Michael. This is, a, this, this is why I propose a constitutional amendment. You notice the constitutional amendments in the United States now are geared toward policy and uh, liberties and principles. They're not geared towards operations. Operation like balancing a budget is an operational issue. Guess what? We now need an operational amendment that says that you, the United States Congress, will create 
a annual budget and get it approved. It, it's it, technically in the rules now. It must be presented annually to Congress for approval. But the but the lack of um, follow through with that is that there is no administrative control that mandates that it actually be balanced. If you don't have the money, you don't spend it. Well, that's what we do in our families, right? That's exactly right. I mean, the American, that's why our liberties and our grassroots approach to this national problem is absolutely essential. What is of concern in Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi, is no different than the concern in my backyard in Pensacola, Florida, Tampa, New York City. But why? But you know, now switching gears, must we now pay the burden of the recklessness of New York City, New York State, and California? No, we don't want to. Well, that's what's happening on this uncontrolled budget. Hey, hold on one second. Can you stay through the break? Gladly. Okay, hang on a second. From the Southern Pine Electric Weather Center, your local forecast, 70 degrees outside. We have overcast. We'll be back after this Fox News break with some more from Gene Valentino. 7.30, we're at the bottom of the hour. Our conversation continues with Gene. Stay tuned. Fox News is next. for 26 minutes in front of 8 o'clock. We continue our conversation with Gene Valentino. Good morning again. Uh, Good morning, Gene. We're back. Thanks for sticking through the break. Uh, You know, President Biden talked a lot last night about a lot of stuff, but he didn't say much about immigration. And I think it was a missed opportunity. Uh, the, The southern border is a catastrophe right now. The the single biggest issue in our country, I think, today is the issue at the border. And he was, to me, reckless when he said, you know, vote for a new plan, basically, to legalize illegals that are and give them citizenship. These are people that have overstayed their visas, come in our country illegally. And, uh, you know, I think he just totally missed the boat on this. What what do you think? Well, he did. To answer your question, Michael, it was um, it was reckless and hurtful because if you go down to the counties uh, on the Texas border and talk to some of the officials, they're in tears taking on the role of the federal government in making decisions uh, with regard to policy and operations that the federal government uh, has stood down and not done a thing about. Uh, You know, my my grandparents are immigrants, but they came in the country the right way. Uh, they uh, are so proud of being American. My grandfather was a uh, had the Purple Heart from World War One, and um, he 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 scolded me hard when just before he died and told me, "You serve your country." Yeah, yeah, Gramp, I will. Half listening. No, no, he said, "You serve your country. This is the best government. This is the best country in the world." I came from Italy. I couldn't speak English, I couldn't read it, but I learned it. I didn't learn any other language. I learned English. 
and I didn't expect the government to change the language in the radio stations, on the billboards, or, or in the bathrooms. I learned English. And um, uh, he says, you go in there, and someday in your life you serve your country. And that's exactly what we should be saying. We don't have a problem with whoever's coming in, into the country legally, but this is America. What the heck do you think they're coming here for? They're coming here because it's something clearly better than where they're coming from. You know, it's interesting, Gene, but one of the last great Democrats, I think you could say, was John Kennedy. And he said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Exactly. Exactly. And and Tim Scott last night, Senator Tim Scott uh, from South Carolina, supported strongly by uh, uh, President Trump, uh, uh, boldly came out on national television as the follow-up to President Biden's speech and said, America is not a racist country. He brought it into perspective, and it, it couldn't have been a better person to, to, to make it clear. Agreed. We're compassionate and caring, giving people. But the Democrats and this fear-mongering going on will make you think we're a bunch of paralyzed, people in a stupor who need to be controlled by government. Yeah, you know, we were talking before we started this morning, you and I, and you had just finished watching uh, a show on Fox where President Trump made some comments in his thoughts about what was going to happen with all of the things that Joe Biden proposed last night. What did you take from that? What did the president have to, the former president, I should say, have to say? And what can we learn from what he had to say? Yeah, it was interesting. I was queuing up for your show and watching the TV with uh, Maria Bartiromo. She had him on for a full hour. It's my opinion that he's running for president of the United States and that uh, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is in strong consideration. Now, he didn't actually announce he's running because there's all sorts of um, campaign election law requirements that go along with that. But he says he's strongly a hundred percent considering he'd be run considering running again for president. And you could tell you, I mean, it, he telegraphed the notion that, uh, look, there's no doubt I'm going to be doing it. So at least that's the way I took it. And, uh, I think DeSantis stands to be a good running mate. He has a few to consider. And he said he, he would be considering a few, but, um, to, to answer your question, uh, Trump was, was, um, you know, we forgot the fact that Trump turbocharged the vaccination process. He cut a year off the timeline on the delivery of the vaccine coming to market. Everybody has conveniently forgotten that. Yeah, but he didn't take no for an answer. He Exactly. He kicked some butt and got around the bureaucratic red tape and brought a vaccine. It was a good gamble, and he won. And millions of people's lives were saved by bringing a vaccine to the public sooner than later. And he doesn't even get acknowledged in last night's speech about that from President Biden. What a sad commentary of um, uh, power grabbing and credit taking that is he taught. Biden talks about reaching across the fence and sharing the love all of a sudden and doesn't even acknowledge the good deeds and doings that preceded him, including the fence you just asked me about. Back to the fence. 
It was Biden who killed the construction of what was working, the lowest um, uh, level of illegal immigration uh, in history uh, was underway. It's now near the highest again. Now, if that was because Biden stopped the construction of the fence, uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to connect those dots as to how successful Trump has been that Biden refuses to acknowledge. I don't care what party you're with. Yeah, agreed. You know, so much for unity, right? That's exactly right, Michael. He, yeah, he started mean, his presidency as, out talking about unity. That, and and what do we get? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it, it's, it's a... It, um, and Christopher Ray with the FBI uh, walking past a lot of the... Re, um, the wrongdoing going on um, uh, behind the scenes, the folks that were uh, in droves, uh, 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 herds of attorneys going to different states to fight uh, President Trump at every turn on the election law violations to mask it and to thwart it from coming to fruition. A um, United States Supreme Court that uh, Trump may have brought in uh, three new appointees, but it's a disgrace how these new appointees, if there was a question of them being puppets, puppets of Donald Trump, it's certainly not the case. They reacted very anti-Trump in their ability to, uh, uh, to, to head off at the pass a lot of wrongdoing that yeah. occurred in the election yeah. law. Hey, Remember, gee, those that, guys, that's the music people, playing. We got to go. <laughs> Sorry. Sixth Amendment. Yeah, that's right. Amendment. That's right. All right. Thank you so much, Gene Valentino, for joining us this morning. We'll talk to you again Thank very you. soon. Oh.